What's going on? It's Jealous from Nick Time Show here, giving you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And I'm joined today by my guy, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. You're damn right he's in this building, man. We are talking that Knicks talk today. Not that much Knicks news today. So I feel like this is a good day to talk about all the free agent point guards that we can possibly get to join this Knicks squad. Especially knowing that, you know, Van Vliet is out here dropping career high 35 points all willy-nilly. <laughs> it's about time to talk about that, man. You know what I mean? I but before we get into that, I do want to touch on some news, some Knicks news that hit your head top recently. You know, it's been reported. It's been reported that the Knicks are interested in hiring another assistant, rock star assistant, Kenny Payne. Bringing the pain from Kentucky. He seems to be like the engine, the hidden gem, as Devin Booker will call it, of the assistant coaches in that Kentucky program, working on Calipari. He has helped a bunch of big men get into the league, including Anthony Davis, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns, and many other. Thoughts on this possible hire for the Knicks, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Yes, the big man right there, there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Anthony Anthony Davis himself credits uh, Payne for developing his post game because, as he said before, he didn't have a post game before he met that man. And now all of a sudden he has one and we know what he's doing right now. So obviously, you know, it, it worked out for him. But, you know, but he's also trained other people too. He's, he's training Carl Anthony Towns, which is he's offensively. That's kind of worked out. He's uh, trained Julius Randle. Right. Yeah, uh, yes. Minus spin moves. I hopefully he didn't teach the spin. I know he did teach the, the drop. Yeah, the mm, let's not get into that. But he also taught Will Collie Stein and some others that didn't, you know, pan out so well in the NBA. But who is to say that you know that's his fault? He got them in the league. He got them drafted. Now it's up to you to carry those twos on to the next level. <laughs> yeah, but what I hear about him also is he's a tough nose tough-minded coach who gives you the real his, his his goal it seems is to to get you to throw up ryan i've been reading all these stories and people are flying off of treadmills <laughs> people are throwing up off after workouts he is there to break you from what i've read
Yeah, so unless you're a gazelle or a cheetah, you might throw up the first few times. Julius Randle celebrated. He's like, I did it. He called his mom when he finished that. He's like, I did it, ma. I finished the workout because he failed the first few times. So I like the fact that he's not going to be easy on these kids, man. Get, get, these, kids, get these kids to work. And some of these kids might crack. Some of these kids might not be here after this. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. But for those who survive, they should be all right. Also, though, what I like from my read is he is a tough coach, but he also gives him love as well. Because sometimes when coaches are too hard, you know, coach uh, teams, they, they despise him. Just kind of how, like, you know, Tom Thibodeau was having problems earlier with the, with the Timberwolves. But now, if we have this coach here, he's going to give you that tough love. But, you know, players seem to respect him because, you know, t- players actually come back after they've graduated, after they've been to the NBA. Players come back for tune-ups. And they still have the respect for him. If we had him, if we had uh, Mike Woodson, who's also known as a coach who gives you that tough love, and at follow device as well. Maybe those two guys together can help even push Tom a little further in how to balance tough love and being a good coach. Yeah. That is my analysis of that situation. Hopefully we get it done. It looks like we might get it done. And it looks like we might break the bank to get it done. Because he's, listen, they're trying to get him to leave Kentucky. He's been there for 10 years. Um, he really likes it there. But um, this is exactly. And uh, the thing about Dolan, the way Dolan's pockets works, that's the one thing you say about Dolan. Dolan will pay. Paul Dolan, he might be he might be the highest paid assistant in the NBA if the Knicks get him. Just look out for that. All right, and bring back Mike Miller too. <laughs> All right, now let's get to the nitty gritty. It's time, you guys. It's time to talk about the Knicks free agent point guards that could possibly. Join the Knicks and help stabilize this team. Point guards have been, you know, uh, a point of contention for this team for a long time. We've, we've drafted Franklin Aquina. We've, we've brought in uh, Ramon Sessions, Emmanuel Moutier, uh, Jerry Jack. We've, we've, we've done it all, Ryan. We've done it all. And we're tired of it. We want to get some stabilization finally. <laughs> so if we want to talk about a stable point guard, and free agency, you kind of have to talk about Fred Van Vliet, right? Now, the thing is with Fred, if the Knicks offer Fred Van Vliet the bag, it's saying to me, we're not drafting a point guard in my eyes. It's saying to me, we're not drafting a point guard. We're going with a power forward or another position. Because to me, Fred Van Vliet, 26 years old, in his prime, um, you know, we have to get him. We would have to pay probably over 20, 20 year up, considering he's with the Toronto Raptors. And we have to actually steal him, convince him to leave. 
a championship contending team, you have to overpay. And if you're doing that, to me, that man is the starting point guard of the New York Knicks. <laughs> point blank, period. Take it away, Ryan. <laughs> Good point, Brian. Good point. Actually, too, if you really think about it, a lot of these, a lot of these guys on the list are might be combos. So that's is something to be going. But in my in my eyes, in my eyes, if we're going randomly, I would go power forward in the draft. In my eyes, I would go power forward, and then really see what a RJ can do. Like I feel like that opens up the floor to experiment to see if RJ can make some plays. Since Van Fleet, to me, is not a trio point guard, but a combo guard. But let's, let's get into his stats and what you think about Van Fleet's game. Van Fleet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Facts. Which is horrible. Well, we'll get, yeah, get into that. Let's get, get into that too. Right. Have to. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Which get exactly. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. He's not he's not a foregone conclusion at all. If anyone was to shake loose from that tree, to me, it would be definitely be Ibaka or or Marcus Saul, which if you look at our old episodes, we talked about the free agent power forge um, like a month ago. So you can definitely check that out. I'll put a link in the description for a card up there as well. So you can check that out. I would, yeah, but um, Van Vliet to me would be the hardest get to get. But at 26, this is what happens at 26. If somebody gives you the bag at 26 years old and you're in your prime, nine times out of 10, 26 year olds chase the bag. Nine times out of 10. Now, not to say that, you know, you can't be loyal to your franchise who raised you. That could definitely happen. But I can also see that happening to a 26 year old. Like, hey, I'm going whoever pays me. So if the Knicks overpay, I could see him leaving. Will the Knicks overpay, though, is a question. Because to me, as good as he's playing, there's still a lot of questions. Like, I'm, to me, he's a really good point guard. He's a seven three-pointers a game attempts, right? He attempts seven, 7.1 threes a game, hits 2.8. When you're talking about the Knicks, we always talk about stretching your four and three-point shooting. That gives RJ all the room he wants because RJ has been struggling going to the hole because he's just been seeing double and triple teams going to the hole all the time. So having somebody who can space the floor is going to definitely help him, which is why I like Van Vliet on this team. Also, Tom Thibodeau was going to like that he plays both sides of the ball, for sure. You're not going to lose anything on that end, even though he's six feet. The, the cons for me, though, is... He can't shoot under the free throw. Like he, he, he's really bad at shooting around the rim. Like epically. <laughs> T.S. Yeah, he definitely does not excel in that category. He definitely he has to improve on that end of the ball. Um, I just I read something that said his TS average is one of the worst finishers in basketball every year. I saw someone athletic that he's always in the, the the bottom ten in finishing around the basket every year, and that's something that has to has to tick up at some point. Um, this is one of those situations where we have Nick. A Nick Legend, Nick Great, assistant here, Rod Strickland, who's a he's he's a maestro, maestro for for finishing around the hoop. Hopefully, you know he can get to him. He's he's in the conversation as being one of the assistant coaches that's supposed to be lined up to be part of the New York Knicks next season. Maybe you can help him out on that in that regard. He definitely needs it. Um, the the other part to this game too is he's really good, but can he carry a team? I don't know. Like he had Siakam to help him there. Hopefully RJ or, and Randall will be enough. But for me, giving giving a player over 20 million a year, I have to see you kind of carry a team. I have to know that. Like I feel like he's the perfect complement to your complimentary piece. But that money, man, that mo- that money is carried a team money to me. <laughs>
Right. Exactly. Because so I was seeing some stat that, that said when, you know, when Pascal Siakam was out, the team was like five and four, or hovering around 500 or something like that. So we don't have a Pascal Siakam here. <laughs> so that is definitely a concern. Also, other concern is, like I said before, his passing. He's not the best passer. He is he links lengths lower in the the pick and roll category. But then again, like I said, that gives you that gives RJ more opportunity to actually experiment on his playmaking abilities. So I, I don't even though he's not a pure point guard, and it, it, it doesn't help us in that regard it does help us see what we can do with rj but um i don't know i don't know about i don't know about grabbing up with toronto overall man i don't know it seems if it seems iffy it seems if you sure if we do that'll be a miracle but i'd be i'd be worried about overpaying for him and then having somebody else go down and we're just looking at him and then everybody's everybody's saying he's not meant to carry the team He's just meant to like I could like I've heard that argument so many times. <laughs> He's a number two, we're not a number one, but we're paying him like a number like that always happens to us. <laughs> exactly. Which is why I know Knicks fans are, you know, over the moon about him for good for good reason, but I don't think I'm not sure. I'm I'm not I like him, but I don't love him that much. Yeah, it might not be the next favorite. And I know it's an unpopular opinion right now. I expecting to hear. I'm expecting to see hate, but eh, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't care about popular opinions. <laughs> oh man! Next up on our head top. Next up on the board, Gordon Dragic from the Miami Heat. Uh this, this guy is interesting. Now, if we go the Gordon Dragic route, right? To me, this is a guy you get if you're trying to draft a point guard to me. Like, he can play the backup role a little bit. Um, He can he can play off ball a little bit too. Average 16 points a game, 44% from the thrill. Shot a good amount of threes. And... I think he would fit nicely on the Knicks on a short deal. Um, what do you think about Gordon, man? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, hold on a second, Ryan. Three point three point attempts, five point eight three point attempts a game, which I love. I love high volume three point shooters. And this guy wasn't even a high volume three point shooter before. He started off being a low volume three point shooter and said, I'm getting old. I'm stepping my game up. I'm launching from down here. And he's hitting it from 30 and he's hitting it at 37% clip, which is pretty damn good. And not only that, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, he, shoot, he betted, exactly. And not only that, unlike our guy Van Fleet, like Brian said, 67% from the 
from the basket from three feet and in. With his little crafty finishes, man, this guy still has a touch. He's a scoring point guard through and through that can pass a little bit. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Right. That will be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I... Right. Yeah, I can see them. Here's the thing with them, too. They are going to try to swing for defense in free agency in 2021. So they're, they're not going to want to have any long-term contracts. So because of that, I can't see them giving him two years. I can't see it. The Knicks, on the other hand, honestly, Ryan, I don't know what exactly they're thinking. I think they might try to be in, in the hunt because it's Leon Rose in the World Wide West. And we just heard, you know, Steve Stout talking, you know, all this. You know, I can uh, I can bring in the top free agents now that I'm here to help recruit. So him speaking like that makes me think, are the Knicks even thinking about sign getting any long-term contracts passed next year? And the way he's posturing makes me think that's not the case. They're going to try to swing for the fence in 2021 as well. And if that's the case, then I think we're going to have to be, we'll be competing with uh, the Heat to re-sign Gordon Dragic for one year. Right. Exactly. And that could be it. And that would definitely take us out because we talked about the Chris Paul situation as well. If they do swing the defenses, probably would be Chris Paul, who we talked about him earlier as well. Definitely leave a link in the description to check that conversation out when we talk about trading for Chris Paul. <laughs>
But Dragic, I'm not mad at him, man. I'm not mad if he was a Nick and we had him for a year, or maybe uh, Sky Perry does one of his famous two-year option jammies. You know what I'm saying? One year, uh, second year option, unguaranteed for the team. You know, the team option. If he does something like that and kind of gives him, I don't know, 15, 16, they probably have to give him 19. That was was just like, ugh. I don't know. Which is why I'm not sure if that's going to happen for us. I don't know. I can't see it. I don't know if I can really see it. Me neither. Because he's just... The crazy thing about Dragic, dog, is he averaged 16.2 points and five assists. But when you look at his shots, I can't remember off the top of my head. I believe he only shot the ball like six times a game. He's shooting, he's shooting the ball five to six times a game and averaging 16 points. Come on, man. That's a value pick, dog. That's bang for your buck. That's bang for your buck. The only side you're losing on the, the only thing you're losing really is the defensive end because he's lost a step as 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 far as foot speed. Right. And then even so, like okay, so he lost he lost a step of defense. When he was on the when he was on the heat, he had the worst defensive rating on the team at 109.7. <laughs> yeah. But he also led the Heat in fourth quarter points. So, Dragic, Dragic Man. Dragic Man is one of those things where you see how it goes. Uh, maybe you give him a one-year deal if they decide they want to try to save money and go away from Dragic and try to sign out a Teague or, or another free agent point guard instead of him. Then maybe you snatch him up for a year, have him be a stay-buying force for our guys and whoever, whatever point guard we draft. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And one more tidbit about Dragic, too. 75th percentile in pick and roll. Pretty decent pick and roll player, even though he doesn't go to it a lot. Always got a little pick and roll. Staple in the NBA. Maybe Tom Thibodeau would like to employ that with us. Boom. Exactly. Tibbs, the, the vets. <laughs> All right. You know what? That's going to bring us into our next player. Jeff T got all time Thibodeau friends. I'm very curious to see what Ryan thinks about this because uh, Jeff, man, he's he, Jeff takes he's not the best defensively. He's been very vocal about his disdain for, you know, Tom Thibodeau's defensive schemes. But, you know, it seems like Tom really wanted him there when he was there. So I wonder how. Jeff feels about him now. Hmm. Remains to be seen. But Ryan, take it away, though. What do you think about Jeff T and the possibility of him joining the Knicks? Not bad. Oh, pretty good, actually. Mm hmm. Right. 
Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Definitely a decent point guard, but like I said, when you looked at a lot of those offensive clips that we were talking about, you know, why the defense didn't work in the Timberwolves, uh, he was a part of a lot of the reason why those <laughs> defensive schemes didn't work. <laughs> so there's, there's that. But also, listen, this guy is still a really good pick and roll point guard. When I say good, really good, I mean really, really good, like 90 first percentile as a pick and roll boy handler like top seven in the nba so if you want somebody who's a pick and roll heavy point guard for the knicks can make a little things a little bit easier for everybody on the offensive end anyway jeff teague might be a guy that can help that out um but and you know what who knows what his mindset is too does he want a, a starting point guard well, right now he's 31 years old. Maybe he's willing to take a backseat if he gets a little money for a one-year deal. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He'll cost less. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's that. Mean, that makes me think that might not happen because I don't. I feel like Teague wasn't feeling him, man. I feel like Teague wasn't feeling him. Absolutely. And he didn't seem to understand his rotations as well. He was very critical of his rotations, talking about how tired he was getting and giving other guys a shot. So who knows what's going to happen there. But uh, I'm going to bring somebody else up that I feel like likes Tom Thibodeau, who's also an ex-Tom Thibodeau player, and that is DJ Augustine. 
up. Yes, things that make you go, hmm. DJ Augustine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 I feel like he can be had, man. I feel like he can be had. I feel like he can be had. I feel like if we pay him a little bit more, then if you pay him 10 million, 11 million, he can be had. I also feel like even though his shooting numbers are lower, 40% from, you know, from the from the field, not good, but I think that has to do more with his injury this year and less with him. And I think a full season, fully healthy, he'll be right back to where he was years before. Because if you look at the 2018-2019 season, he was shooting 47% from the field and then 45% from the field as well. Also, if you're looking at his three-point percentages, he's hit over 40, he hit around 40% of his threes like seven times in his career. So these this down year, I don't take it too seriously. Because it's what he's done in Orlando before, what he's done in his career before. You know what I mean? Like he he's he's gonna be I feel like he's gonna be fine and he's gonna rebound. For sure. And on top of that, when Tom Thibodeau was hired by the Knicks, he made a statement that was favorable for Tom Thibodeau. Uh he he he, he talked about how much he'd love to play for him. And he under, he didn't understand what these other stuff other people were talking about, but he liked being coached hard by Tom Thibodeau and he appreciated it. So he put that together. To me, that says that is definitely a person who can come back and reunite with Tom. And, and listen, Tom resurrected his career when he was in Chicago. Because back, back in the day, DJ Augustine, he's playing for Toronto. Toronto waved him. Came to Chicago. Tom dust him off. All of a sudden, he's shooting 40% from three. <laughs> So there's something there. There could be something there. Uh this guy, I feel like he can do two, he can do dual roles. He can play the backup point guard sometimes. He can be a stabilizing force like he was for Mark Faults in Orlando. And he can play the starter if we need to. I feel like and he can play off ball, just like a few other people. So I feel like 
DJ Augustine might be a good value pick. Only nine or ten million. Not gonna cost us nineteen. Knows time. This could be this could be something. Possibly. 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 <laughs> we will see. We will see. And yeah, also I not a not a big pick and roll point guard, you know. But he did 72 percentile. I'll take it. 72% down. I'm sorry. Sorry, you know what? He is a big pick and roll point guard. How stupid of me. He kills in the pick and roll. <laughs> he kills in the pick and roll. 72 percentile, but he he runs it at 55% of the time. He runs it at 55% of the time. No, he runs it a lot. He runs it league leading 55% of the time. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> but yeah. 55% of your offense? Think about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Your guy, Ryan brought this guy up. Reggie. Reggie Jackson, man. Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson's a Knicks killer, man. Every time we play this cat, he kills us, dog. I'm tired of this man, man. He looks older than what he is, but he moves faster than everybody. And it gets on my nerves. <laughs> but he's a free agent now. And he might be, and will he be a Nick or would you like him to be a Nick? We'll talk about that. What do you think got Reggie Jackson, man? Moved on from the Detroit Pistons where he used to kick our ass all the time. Is now with <laughs> the Los Angeles Clippers. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny when you make these mid-season trades, you don't always expect it to go well. Uh, but it worked out well for him, that's for sure. Right. 
I... Exactly. Yeah, like, um, listen, I'll say this. Right now, anybody you can put up more threes than Alfred Payton might be a better fit for us. I'll say that. Because <laughs> Alfred Payton didn't even make a three-point in the game. Like, he shot 23% or something like that. Surprisingly enough, when I was, Reggie, Reggie's three-point percentage has climbed, and I can't believe that. I'm like, I don't, I don't see it. But he doesn't put him up at a, at a frequent pace. You know what I mean? He, he, he It's a little bit modest. But. Right. Right. What would his role on the Knicks be, though? Is is like if you're on the Knicks, um, is RJ gonna be having the ball more, or is it gonna be him? I feel like they probably share the duties. It'll be interesting to see what his role would be if he was ever a Nick. Um, I'll expect him to put up. What I like about some of these other guards that we mentioned earlier is the three point attempts. You know what I mean? It's not that. It's not just that they hit a high percentage. But they were throwing up uh, five, three, like four or five, six, seven, three-point attempts a game. Reggie's isn't that high, but at least I know that he can keep people somewhat honest by hitting it at a decent clip if he continues at this pace. You know what I'm saying? Because right now, he's, he's putting up, let's see, do I have his numbers? Three-point... 35 percent 3.6 okay not bad not super bad I, I'm not super opposed to it I I don't hate it I don't hate a short-term deal for Reggie Jackson Right. Nah, I feel you. I feel you. If that's the case, I definitely don't want that. Uh, we don't need any of that here. I want somebody who's more going to mold some people and try to take them to the next level and not just try to take over. I want th I want them to kind of be a leader. And you're absolutely right. Um, honorable mention, though, shout out to Fritz, Fritz Alessandro. He mentioned Darren Collison. Now, I know Darren Collison hasn't been in the league in a while. And um, 
he was saying that maybe he'll come out of retirement because of this pandemic stuff and, and, and try to play in the league. I'm not sure if he comes out of retirement, he would try to come to the Knicks. I feel like if he did that, he would try to go more for a contender if he's coming out of retirement. But I do know a few years ago, I was definitely looking at Darren Collison thinking he would be a, a, a nice piece on the Knicks because he was a good three-point shooter, um, could pass pretty well, somebody who learned from Chris Paul and, and just, you know, a nice offensive piece for the Knicks in general. And I feel like he, he would be a mentor, a mentor guy for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's just a stretch, but I, I, mm -hmm. I can, you never know. You never know. I know some people, some people might be like, what about Rajon Rondo? What about? To me, that's Alfred Payton with a slightly better jumper. Slightly better three-point shoot. Slightly better. Way better vision, actually. I think about it. <laughs> My bad, Alfred Payton. Uh, uh. Way better, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big slight, big slight there. Yeah, more, more of a chip on the shoulder for sure. <laughs> All right, now it's time for one of our favorite parts of the show. Oh, the ooh picks. Ooh picks are usually the best plays of the week, but there's no Knicks basketball, so I'm just going to say. Happy birthday, Patrick Ewan, and show a couple of highlights right here. Oh! <laughs> exactly. All time. And sub Utu Carmelo Anthony for hitting. I'm not going to hit the button because it's cheating. But shout out to you, Carmelo, for hitting. Shout out to Carmelo for hitting the game winner. Once Nick, always a Knicks. I'm not hitting a Ooh because the, hitting the Ooh makes it a Ooh pick for real. But I. Uh, the rule on the show is no ooh picks for anybody that's not a Nick. So I'm not hitting the boo button for you, but congratulations still. Exactly. 15. You can just clap. Clapping for that. All right. <laughs> Moving on to our other three part of the show. Bruh. The bruh picks. Bruh picks are usually the worst plays of the week. Or just some stupid life stuff that happened. Um, I have a small bro pick this week. That's not anything crazy, but it was just interesting. It was interesting because, you know, I'm a, a music guy. Everybody here is, loves music. And like everybody, I was interested in the versus battle between 2 Chains and, and Rick Ross. And I'm listening to this interview on uh, The Breakfast Club, and 2 Chains is going off. He's going off on everybody about how they counted them out and, you know, they counted me out and why they already count me out so far. Like, I'm not the greatest and, and I have all these number one hits and da, da 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 But then when you watch the verses, like, 2 chains is good. Don't get me, don't get me wrong, but it, it's Rick, Rick. Rick Ross killed him, man. He got, he got slaughtered and he knew he got slaughtered. Yet, he comes on the radio and acts like... No one witnessed the slaughtering. 
It doesn't. And it's okay. It's okay. You're still dope. You're still dope. You still got some tunes. You still look at you and look at us. Oh my come on. That's like that's, that goes off. That goes hard. You just, just not being Ross in a battle. It's cool. It's cool though. But still, gotta cast his brother. Bruh. <laughs> Alright, man. Ryan Cern. I call Ryan bro, man for the fifth flow. Ryan, what you got for us, man? Bruh. Oh. Have a smile on the face when the Brooklyn Nets are in the Brooklyn. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. You must do that. I like that. Please. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what did he have? How do you, where do you buy those? Where do you buy those hoots? <laughs> oh, funny. because it's so good but we don't give oopix to anybody else but i allow this oh my god there's more oh, oh no not the fan
No! No! Allegedly. Allegedly. We don't know if that's happened. We don't know if that's true. No, this is not real. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. I was about to say, and then the cow jumped in. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, too funny. Woo! All right, wait, wait a bang. <laughs> oh gosh! All right, that is our show, guys. <laughs> if you're listening, definitely watch, definitely watch the show on YouTube.com/slash/show. If you have not, are you dumb? What is your problem? It's the best show on YouTube. <laughs> also, shout out to Dash Radio. Shout out to Dash Radio as well for, for housing us on the next channel. Shout out to you guys. Also, the stuff is not on SoundCloud yet. I'm trying, it's coming. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Nick Time Show, all episodes up there, except for the last few because from the Roni. Again, that's up there. All right. Also, check out the blogs from my guys, man. There's going to be a point guard. Point guard um, blog coming from my guy Jeff. We have Ken who's going to drop another blog talking about Scott Perry. That's pretty hilarious. So definitely watch out for that. And, you know, guys are working, man. We're we, we trying to get some things going and get some sponsorships. Yeah. <laughs> Road to sponsorships. But, yeah, that is our show. You can find me on Instagram as well at J Ellis Draws Things. That's J E L L I S. Draws things. Oh, yeah, the, the website is on the nickatomshow.com, by the way, if you didn't know that. Don't forget the, the. Where can they find you, sir? Sir G is chilling. Yes. That is our show. Yeah, we are out of here. <laughs>